afternoons, 2 till 6, on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are live from Salt River Fields here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The game just wrapped up, and usually when we're out here during spring training games, we start to get the players on the air as the game starts to come to an end and guys are taken out and things like that. And so we've got a plethora of guests coming up. We just had Corbin Carroll a moment ago and joining us right now here on the Burns and Gambo Show. He's running mate in the outfield. Alec Thomas joining us here on Burns and Gambo. I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming back on. Yep. Right. Glad to be here. This was hard for me to, to not say it to Corbin, but my kid's a center fielder and you're his favorite player. He got the pitch <laughs> last year on the field. He loved it, but I, I didn't want to you know, slight Corbin a little bit. My kid's a big Alec Thomas fan. i got to describe this for the people who can't see us. Gimbal keeps looking over his shoulder and keeps like, sure Corbin Carroll's yeah. there. He doesn't want to <laughs> piss him off. You're I don't like, want to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's you're Gimbal's kid's yeah. favorite. My kid, my kid just loves the way you play awesome. center field, so he watches everything and every catch. And you know, I'll sit there and you'll make a great catch. And even if I'm in the other room, we'll be like, Dad, Dad, come on, come on, here. look, look at this catch that Alec made. Look at so every time you make a great catch, if I, if for some reason I'm not in the room, he'll call me into the room to show me the catch that you made. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's so, sweet. so when did when did defense become like a, a huge part of your game? Was it early on? You were just better than everybody else defensively, or is it something <laughs> that you really just put a lot of time and effort into working on? Um, I think what really well, helped both. me. Yeah, I think what really helped me was just uh, shagging in the outfield. You know, when I was, uh, you know, four or five years old, you know, at the White Sox, um, just continuing to get better. And, and it was off of, uh, you know, big league guys hitting the ball. So I get to read the ball off the bat at a really young age. And uh, I just continued to grow. And um, I came really good at it. <laughs> yeah, really good at it. I mean, to the point where we would come in and we would do the show the day after a Diamondbacks game. And it felt like there was a stretch there for about two straight months where every single night you were doing something out there. Like, like, did it feel the same way to you? Like, were you just like, okay, that was my brilliant catch of the night. It felt like it happened for two straight months for you. Right, yeah. I think, um, you know, if I'm not getting a hit, no one else is. That's the, the mentality that I take. Um, and if I do get a hit, I'm like, all right, well, this guy's not getting a hit. No fly so, zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I, I take, you know, a lot of pride in, in playing the outfield. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just natural at this point. Yeah. Do you – how do you practice what you do when you're at the fence in particular? I, I mean, what, do you have, like, a special routine? Because it seems like you're very accomplished at that specific part of it. Do you practice that? And if so, how? Yeah. So, um, you know, certain fields I'll take a look and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the field where I'm, uh, I'll get a chance to rob some stuff. So I'm going to practice it. And there's there's days where I just, just hang out by the wall and then practice – um, you know, robbing homers or just getting good jumps, you know, off the wall. So I'll play a little deep, um, but you know, it just depends on the ballpark that we're playing at. Yeah. Let's talk about your mindset. Last year, as this the season was coming to a close, and they sent you down to Reno. What was your mindset? You've been with the big club all year, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you have to go down to Reno and play a little bit. You playing some meaningful games and stuff like that. You took it as a positive, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, soak. You know, and you know, I'm not gonna be sad about it. I'm going to, you know, go down to Reno and, you know, the guys that we had down there were, were awesome. So I was, uh, I didn't, I didn't have, you know, any, um, you know, bad attitude towards it. And, um, you know, I, I ended up playing well and was, was happy, um, with the way I finished. And, um, you know, Tori called me, um, a few days that I was down there. He called me like two or three times and just to check up on me. So that was really cool of him to do that. But, 
um, yeah, I definitely just had the right right mindset, and um, you know, I, I played pretty well down there. So you, you know, I think you, you have the potential to be a really good offensive player. What are some of the things you're looking to do this year? We've talked about you know off to off air. We're just talking about you put put the ball in play. You guys with your speed, the ability to even just beat out slow rollers and anything in the, you know a ground ball in a hole to shortstop, you can get a base hit on. What are some of the things offensively you'd like to do this year? Um, for me, it's just you zone up, like swing at strikes and not swing at the you know the uh, nibble pitches that they throw. And I think I, I, towards the end of the season, I started to give in to those and started being a little bit overly aggressive. So once I you know become a little bit more selective, I think that's when uh, good things happen. I get good swings on the ball and I start hitting the ball hard. I think at your approach it seemed like you wanted to be very aggressive early in accounts with pitches. Knowing that first pitch, they're going to try to get over for a strike. Is that something you want to continue to do? Or um, it just depends. I think um, I'm not going to lose you know that aggressiveness, but I just need to um, be more selective and know when the right time to do that is. And um, I think towards the end of the season, I just wanted to get out of that rut so bad that so I would just swing at anything and uh, didn't get you know good wood on the bat at all or on the ball. And uh, you know good good things did not happen. So once I went down to to Reno, I you know took a step back, took a deep breath, and um, good things happened. So during spring training right now, um, I feel like uh, I'm being more you know confident and more comfortable and uh, zoning up a little bit. Um, obviously, it's not going to show up every at-bat, but um, definitely some positives, you know, these past three or four games that I've played in, and uh, I'm just going to continue on that. Alex Thomas, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show after today's spring game wrapped up between the Chicago White Sox and the Diamondbacks. We're live from Salt River Fields. De- describe this offseason to me, because everybody believed something was coming in terms of a trade, and nobody was quite sure whether it was going to be you, whether it was going to be Dalton, and it ended up being Dalton, obviously. He goes to Toronto. What was what, what was your emotional state kind of going into the offseason trying to figure out how it was all going to work out? Were you not worried about it at all? Um, I think we all knew that it was going to be one of us. Probably not Corbin, but um, you know, me, Jake, and, and Dalton were definitely looking at each other and talking to each other like, dang, like, it might be one of us. So you, were you guys like texting each other like, uh, kind of with this idea it's probably going to be one of us? Rarely, but we tried to you know be cool about it, but obviously I, I'm pretty sure we, we talked about it maybe once or twice, but um, you know, we enjoyed the off season, but at the same time, like you have that in your back of your mind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I just bought a house out here, so oh. I was really hoping that I'd stay. <laughs> and um, I was actually um, on vacation when, uh, or heading back home from vacation, like on the plane to go back home. And um, I got the news that Dolan got traded, and um, it was crazy. I was like, "Dang, thank goodness it wasn't me." But um, you know, it was a win-win situation for for whoever you know was getting traded. Sure. Um, you know that team, uh, or that team wanted Varsho, and we got two good players for him. And I talked to Varsho a lot, and um, he's loving it over there. So nothing but the best for him. So I got to imagine it was always going to be. I mean, the whole deal was going to be predicated on the idea that surplus of outfielders. One of you was going to go to a team that didn't have a surplus of outfielders, which means you're going to play a lot wherever it is right. that you're going. So, I mean, there, there was, to like, to you say, kind of a win-win. Was there any part of you that was like, oh, man, I hate to see Dalton go? Or were you just really happy that it wasn't you when it was all said and done? Um, for me, um, you know, you hate to see Varsho go. You know, he's yeah. a good leader, and, you know, he's my friend. And um, But I think... 
like I said, it was a, a win-win. Like I'm not like it was a little bit of a weight, you know, shifted or like lifted off my shoulders. But I know I still gotta go out and earn some, yeah. you know, some playing time out there. So um, definitely, I'm gonna act like Varsho is still here and try to try to you know earn that spot out there in center field. So um, yeah, that's how I'm gonna go about did, it. Did the trade for Lewis when they when they brought him over? I mean, he's a rookie of the year guy. Like, did that kind of signify that? Oh my God, wait, we got too many outfielders. One's gotta go because that happened before the Varsho trade. Right, right. Yeah, we got Kyle before that. Right, happened, you right? got Kyle before. Yeah, I was you like, trade Dang, man. Oh, definitely one of us is gone now. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't look too much into it. Um, I knew one of us was gone, but I was really hoping that I would, that I would stay. And um, I bought a house out here because this is where I want to be. So I'm really happy that you know they had that confidence in me and, and faith in me to for me to stay. So Lola Jordan was on with us yesterday, and then Corbin kind of said bring it because Lola said that he could beat him in a race. Mm-hmm. But you kind of think it's uh, that you, that's an easy one to decide who would be quicker between the two of them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't seen Lawler run as much. I've seen him a little bit. You know, he's he, he's quick too, but no, nah, no one's being Corbin, man. He's too much of a robot in order to, you know, he's not going to let anybody win. So, you know, he'll, he'll put it all on the line just just to beat someone, you know, in a race or, or anything that has to do with running or, or hitting. We see the speed, and we, we talk about the speed going first to third, being able to score from first on a ball in the gap right center. But the other bit, what people don't talk about is the jump that he gets on these things. Like, he reads the ball so well. You know, yeah. even on stolen bases and stuff, like, he just gets a great jump. So Right. I think I always say uh, Corbin has crackhead speed. He's, <laughs> he's got the type of speed that doesn't come around very often, and you got to be on something in order to be that fast. So that's what it looks like to me. And uh, in the outfield, you know, he's just a uh, – he's not a spat. It's like a – just a like a, a ball of energy just going out and getting stuff or going out and stealing bases or, you know, beating out something. So it's, it's funny. He's got like um, – like a deer, like some, like the hoof of a deer, some just <laughs> propelling him to go to second or, or or get something in the outfield. So it's pretty funny to, to watch. Man, there's so much energy when he runs too. He's just going by mile a mile a minute. Yeah, and um, his face, by the way, is just awful. I mean, if you, ever, if you ever crap? see his face when he's running, is brutal. I told him you need to change your face, man. You look like you're about to poop your pants or do something <laughs> so, like so that. So we've we've heard of like you know resting, you know what face? You're yeah, saying like right. running Corbin Carroll face. I've never yeah. noticed this he's, before. He's running like Corbin been on Carroll the toilet for about 10, 15 minutes, and uh, and he really needs to get this last one out, and he just can't. And that's what it looks like. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what it looks got, like. Uh, That's great. The next time I see Corbin Carroll going from first to third, I'm going to be looking at the face. I'm going to see what the we, face looks like. We need to end the interview right there because nothing else we're going to ask you is going to top that. I mean, nothing is going to be better than that. No question we could possibly ask you would, would ever improve that answer. Uh, so uh, you, you're going to try? Just Go just ahead. We'll, we'll, one more. We'll send, the, we'll send the fans. I know you've got a, a Twitter and Instagram page. Okay, they want to follow you. You, you. you post a lot of stuff out there? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll like some stuff, but... Okay. I'll definitely. I'm definitely on Twitter. I'm right. definitely on A Thomas twenty two. Yes, A yeah. Thomas twenty two on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll send sure. everybody over to follow you. Sweet. We enjoyed Appreciate this it. very that was much. Great. Yeah. Yeah, come that on anytime. Anytime, yeah, Alex. Sure. Anytime. I'm, I'm available. All right. Yeah, whatever you guys need. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. All right for sure.